Hi, it's Lou. I've started a Patreon membership thingy. If you would like to support this podcast financially, perhaps you could swap out the cost of a coffee each month or even a glass of wine. It will help me to recoup my setup costs and potentially spread my wings to other advocacy ventures, a dream I've had for some time now. Please follow the links in the show notes or on the Facebook group. Thank you so much. I would like to acknowledge that this podcast meeting is being held on the traditional lands of the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation and pay my respect to Elders, both past, present and future, and to welcome you to this new episode for podcast Square Peg Round Hole. Welcome to Square Peg Round Hole, the podcast where we discuss diversity and how to embrace our neurodivergent kids at home, at school and in the workplace. It's Lou here with you again. Today I'm going to be talking about a very serious and concerning topic. This is a trigger warning. This episode is not for children and I can't guarantee that I won't swear. In fact, because I'm going to read this, I know that I do swear. And um, it will be quite therapeutic to do so. So I am actually going to read from a script that I've prepared. I can't just ad lib on this. It's, um, it's far too emotional. So this has been something that has been bubbling up inside me for a long time. I've always been too scared to discuss it. But over this last week, I've had so many stories of youth mental health distress and suicide that I've decided that I want to use this platform to talk about it and see if there's not something that we can all do to try and get the government to step up and do something to help us. I can't share my own family experience because I need to protect the privacy of my family, but I can assure you that we are all touched by mental health in many forms. These struggles all have a root cause though. In my experience, it is nearly always caused by poorly managed or unmet needs that are associated with neurodivergence. And if we don't start to embrace neurodivergent people as a society, it's only going to get worse. So let's be brave and talk about what's happening out there. And then let's brainstorm some ideas for what we can all do to help. If we all just do one thing, I promise you, those in power will have no choice but to listen to us. A few days ago, my beautiful friend and Western Australian ADHD coach, Sarah Andrews, contacted me in distress. A 14-year-old boy took his own life in Perth late last week. Today I speak to you on the 22nd of June 2021, just to give you some perspective of uh, the date when this is being recorded. What totally blew my mind about this, more than anything though, is that I had to go searching to find any information about this in the media. Why is this not a headline story? Why are we all not horrified? 
One reason proposed to me by a different friend is that she has heard that the media have been advised not to report on teen suicides because it causes copycat cases. That seems strange to me as it seems pretty clear that not reporting on it is certainly not stemming the flow of these things happening. This young boy, the same age as my own son, is described as impulsive and energetic in the story that I read about this. He was being bullied at school and had asked his mum if he could stay home from the athletics carnival that day. Look, it's just beyond heartbreaking. So that was just one horrific story I heard. On top of all that, I was talking to a parent I know via the advocacy work I do, and she came to me in distress, as many parents do. Her neurodivergent son, who also lives with an acquired brain injury, has been suspended from school again. He's a teenager, by the way, so falling into this age group. She went on to tell me that the last time he was suspended, he attempted suicide, and the school knew about this. Yep, that's right. It's actually just so distressing. Another family wrote to me to update me on their situation. Their son has been suspended many times for having emotional distress at school. One incident, the school allegedly called the police because the boy had a meltdown. Subsequently, the boy has been gatekept to another school where he is set to be put in a support class, segregated from the rest of the school community. Of course, I have no way of verifying all of this information. It's, it's hearsay in terms of the fact that other people are telling me these stories. I just hear it from distressed parents over and over and over and over. Honestly, these two cases are just from the last week of my life. I could run you a list of so many, so many more that I've heard over the last few years. It would make you cry. And... The minister is apparently concerned as well because another friend showed me an article from the paper on the 13th of June this year. The headline is The Crisis Meeting Sparked by Suicide. New South Wales Education Minister, the Health Minister and the Mental Health Minister met with the Teachers Federation and all the three heads of the public Catholic and independent school systems and they were having a crisis meeting following yet another year 12 student suicide. It was reported that there's been clusters of young people taking their own lives in New South Wales. One student that they reported on was only 12 years old. The crisis meeting did not resolve in any outcome or strategies. There was also no reports of what is causing this other than to say that there are complex mental health needs. No shit, Sherlock. So what was the point in that? I can tell you that I have heard so many stories from parents about their children's deep mental health needs. I've heard this from people that approach me via my association with Parents for ADHD Advocacy Australia, my job where I spoke daily to neurodivergent families seeking assistance in disability services from my employer when I worked at Cerebral Palsy Alliance and just friends and family. Seriously, it's like a plague. Families just simply cannot access medical professionals. Paediatricians and psychiatrists are closing their books at a rate of knots 
and many families with neurodivergent students can only access assessments and treatments privately anyway, so there's just no other options for them. I mean, what the hell? This is Australia, and it's 2021, not 1921. (sighs) I went to look up a couple of websites about ADHD and untreated and poorly managed ADHD. The recent ADPA report, and sorry, I should have said ADPA is the Australian ADHD Professionals Association, and they have reported on um, the social and economic costs of ADHD in Australia. And they have said that ADHD costs Australia $20 billion per year. There are exorbitant costs to education and the justice system, and there is also a measured reduction in the quality of life of people who have ADHD. Dr. Russell Barclay reported in 2015 that by the time they reach adulthood, most individuals with ADHD have suffered years of feeling demoralised, discouraged and ineffective because of a long-standing history of frustration and failures in school, work, family, social and daily adaptive domains. Many report a chronic and deep-seated sense of underachievement and intense frustration over squandered opportunities and are at a loss to explain why they cannot seem to translate their obvious assets into more positive outcomes. Thank you to Lou Brown. I found that on her website and I will share all of this in the show notes. It was so helpful to remind me that a diagnosis of ADHD is not a walk in the park. I know it all sounds so depressing and the neurodivergent people have so many strengths and are amazing as I see in my own two kids every day. Yes, of course, but they are also very, very vulnerable to mental ill health and that's what this episode is about. We need to find a way to help our kids and young people who are neurodivergent and susceptible to mental ill health. So I have suggestions of ways that you, my lovely listeners, can help. Number one, we need to all write to our MP. So I am actually going to share the directory that you can use to find your local MP and how to contact them. It's so straightforward. You literally just click on a website, type in your postcode and your MP comes up. I did it myself and there was Zali looking at me, Zali Steggles. So you can do this it's easy another thing that we can do if you don't want to write to your MP or if you want to do a second thing to support this cause is you can record a voicemail message to me I will play those on another podcast episode and send the link to the Minister for Education Minister for Mental Health Health State Federal whatever but I will get these your messages to these people the politicians, the decision makers who can do something about this. So all you need to do is go to the public or private Facebook page for Square Peg Round Hole and I will share the links in the show notes but the Facebook groups are called Square Peg Round Hole Podcast. Remember to spell the word hole with a W and that's the private group and then I have a public page which is Square Peg Round Hole Public Page and they're both on Facebook You can send me a message on those by just clicking the button that says send a message and you can record a voicemail. Okay, um, 
The other points, oh, I wanted to give you three points that I suggest that you ask for when you are writing to your MP. Point number one, we need more beds in mental health facilities for teenagers. It's not good enough to just hand out the number for Beyond Blue and Lifeline and those sorts of organisations. We actually need to make places that people can go to when they're in crisis and they need help. There's not enough teenage-focused facilities for those people. Number two, teachers and principals need professional development on mental ill health associated with neurodivergence. If the education departments don't start to make this link explicit and enforce systemic change within education, this cycle will continue. The number of times I hear that the school don't know what to do with a, a child that is living with mental illness and distress, it's just, it's like a plague. Number three, each and every child at school should have easy access to qualify, a qualified psychologist who understands the link between neurological disabilities and mental health. Don't feel limited to these three points. These are just my ideas. Like I said before, you can say whatever you want. But one thing I know for sure is if we continue to sit in silence, then this problem is not going to go away. I know I don't have a huge number of listeners yet, but I will keep this episode here as it doesn't matter when we do these actions. I don't see this problem getting resolved quickly. The New South Wales Education Minister couldn't even get actionable items from that recent crisis meeting. So we're not going to see any actions unless we stand up and demand them. We are voters, we are taxpayers, we are parents, we are teachers, and we care about these things. I cannot sit back and see this happening any longer. And I feel I've now got this platform where I can hopefully encourage and incite and do something about this and help some people. Okay, very serious. I promise that the next episode will be a lot more lighthearted, but I just felt I needed to do that today. Okay, signing off for now. Thanks so much. Bye. Acknowledgements. Logo by Carla Cushell of Carla Cushell Creative. Music by Jazzy C. Memes and images on Facebook group, also by Jazzy C. Big thanks to all my friends and family for supporting me and believing in my abilities. Special thanks to the unwavering support from Mr. Optimism himself, my partner in everything, Ash. And Kate from Two Peas in a Podcast. Thank you for letting me pick your brains. And for all your encouragement in general, you've been awesome. Thank you. Please join my Facebook group, Square Peg Round Hole. That's W-H-O-L-E. Please follow, subscribe, give five stars and review. Links to resources will be in the show notes. And remember, just be nice to one another.